0: Okay, uh, so let's get then into our feature. This feature is brought to you by the Department of Water and Sanitation. We
1: often take the important things in life for granted, like clean, fresh water running from our taps, a secure and clean environment for our children to play, easy access to transport, schools, shopping malls, and places of worship. In life, It is sometimes the smallest things that matter. Hence we say, where we live is where we leisure and learn. Where we stay is where we play and pray. Department of Human Settlements, building the future today, together.
0: Okay, so our regular feature today with the Department of Water and Sanitation, we're going to be focusing on South Africa's role in global water issues. And it's through various bilaterals and countries um, and different organizations that we're part of. Nchedi Moripe is the Chief Director for Global Cooperation in the Department of Water and Sanitation. Uh, Good morning. Good morning, Casey, to you and your listeners. I tell you what the one thing that i 'm learning through um, these features that we 're doing is that there are so many different positions in the Department of Water (laughs) and Sanitation that I, for one, have certainly never heard of before. Um, Last week, we dealt with one such institution and and this week is, is certainly no different. South Africa, of course, is known for having its own difficulties when it comes to water challenges. And I was curious to know, Outside of being worried about how we're going to keep our own generations uh, surviving on water, what is the contribution that we make on a global space in uh, stage in the space?
1: Oh, thank you very much, Cathy, uh, for that question and also for being worried uh, on behalf of the future generations. Uh, definitely, that's the whole thing that we sit in on the global platforms uh, for. The reason is that there are a lot of uh, organizations starting from the UN itself and all the other multilateral organizations that sit to try and discuss exactly what you're worried about, to say what is it that we are looking out for in 10 years to come, in 20 years to come. The year that is talked about a lot is 2030. Uh, Definitely there are looming crises uh, on water that uh, all the countries are worried about. You know and understand that a lot of crises that uh Uh, is actually coming from the side of climate change, is actually bringing itself out through water. You talk about uh, floods, you talk about drought, you talk about all other things that we always uh, experience, even as a country that actually manifests through water. So that is exactly what we sit and talk about and plan mm. and try to see what are the mitigations that can come out of all those
0: platforms. Uh, so so in, in your role then as the chief director in this particular division of the department, what do you do?
1: Uh, one, Katie, uh, on bilateral level, we start by first identifying countries that are doing well on issues that are challenging, are challenging us as a country on water issues or water resources. And after identifying that kind of a country, we work through DIRCO, and DIRCO, you know, you know that I've got missions and people out there who are looking out for... Um, Benefits that South Africa can get out of bilateral engagements, then we will start engaging with that country. Sometimes it will come from the other way; they will uh, come first and say that South Africa, we know that we can benefit one, two, three from you, and we are willing to work with you, or even contribute to the work that we are seeing that you are doing well, and we can start there and start engaging an agreement or an MOU. Where we can enter into through all the processes that we do with DERCO and the minister would sign that, mm-hmm. and the implementation process would start. There's a lot of them where we are benefiting a lot. I can list a few, mm-hmm. a few for you, like the Japan one. We are benefiting a lot because uh, we have already a training center that is put together by the Japanese for all the municipalities to get training on non-revenue water uh, from the training center. It is in one of our own uh, complexes in Rio de Plat where uh, machinery and the training is done there for the municipalities and those people also are sent out to Japan to see exactly what the Japanese are doing on non-revenue water to be able to come back and implement in their municipalities and their areas of work. Mm -hmm. And the same with the Dutch, we are having projects out, uh, say Mkugundofu, they have a project that they fund us on, we call it Oreo project, they are funding a project on uh, groundwater and sometimes on uh, O&M you'll find that the municipality is not coping and they come in and chip in and uh, fund it. That is done under the agreements that we sign with uh, all those countries. Uh, the Danish also are doing most of the work for us. They are training. We've got people who are out doing master's uh, uh, degrees that are paid by the Danish and uh, the Dutch themselves under the agreements that we have with mm-hmm. them. So we go out and look out for opportunities, not only for the department, but also for the sector itself.
0: So, so it, it sounds it sounds like um, the the work that happens then goes two ways. Where in one way, um, the country would be a recipient of all of these agreements, and I suppose in some ways it would be funding that is towards the water sector. What are we giving in return for that?
1: We give a lot, Casey. Um As a negotiator myself, when we sit in all those negotiations, remember that half the time as South Africans, we don't speak for ourselves, only we speak for ourselves and the region sometimes even for the continent itself. We sit in uh, meetings where you find that they want to see how we manage certain areas, like uh, we are known to be doing much with uh, very few resources that we have. And they would come and want to understand how do we manage to give people water in dense areas where people uh, actually would be suffering. We are trying by all means in all the other, uh, you know, you know, we do our tankering, we do our boreholes, we do all of those things. These are the countries that do not have such kind of problems. But they would come here and see a uh, community of uh, 15,000 households having boreholes where they can source water or even... Tankering being done for them to at least have daily, we know that there are areas that we cannot cover but when they see us doing, they trying to do the best out of uh, the little resources that we have that's when they come in and chip in and maybe say, we can even offer better resources than what you do or even better technology than Mm -hmm. what you have and we'll look into it and see if we want to enter into that kind of an agreement or obviously checking it out with WRC our Water Research uh, Commission, where we can check whether that uh, kind of technology is good for South Africa or not, or if it is sustainable or not.
0: When, when it comes to the benchmarking exercises, which you say you often embark on and, you know, comparing South Africa to other countries and how we're faring, which of the countries you would say are in the same bracket as South Africa as in terms of the scarcity of water supply and perhaps just some of the lessons that you're learning from those countries in terms of how they are dealing with those challenges?
1: Uh the one country that I would want to actually mention is uh like Bangladesh. We, we we went to Bangladesh actually as a group or a platform of multilateral to see the challenges that they have. And that's where I realized that we have similar challenges with many other countries. We went there as the high-level panel on water where uh, the 11 presidents were sitting to try to engage and see how countries can actually enhance the whole issue of uh, providing water to their uh, citizens. We got there and I realized that sometimes if you don't travel or people who never see what countries go through will never understand. In Bangladesh, the problem of water and sanitation is bigger than what we see in South Africa. And the technology that we do, the type of tests that I've seen there, I realized that we are far much ahead and I realized that at least the density of uh, uh, our communities, particularly the informal communities, that we have here is uh, even better than what we've seen in Bangladesh, but the way they source their water there is really even worse than what we see here. The people there are really suffering. I, can, I can't uh, actually say that the government is not doing anything, but what we were seeing with our two eyes, I could realize that South Africa is trying to do much better. And you see countries that are far much ahead, uh, that are obviously developed. You go to Netherlands, water is never their problem. You go to Hungary, water is never their problem. Those are the countries that come over and say, look, we've got plenty of water, but with the water to have. We can assist on how you can uh, manage your groundwater. We can come in and, and, and help you with how you can actually use the rainwater harvesting better. And we, we, we actually welcome those. Those are the people that we usually work with and see how they can actually enhance our. Because we take our technical people out to see what they do, how they manage their dams, how they. Uh, actually do their maintenance because the biggest issue in South Africa on water, more than anything, is maintenance. We have uh, aging infrastructure that is giving us uh, bigger challenges. Uh, When we do new stuff or new infrastructure, we have to turn back and go and fix the aging uh, infrastructure that is giving us more challenges. Therefore, you can see that even if you budget to do This new project, that budget might have to be reversed to fix where the people are already having challenges because of the aging infrastructure. Therefore, that is one of the things that made us even look into using the Cubans to come and help us because they are very good at maintenance and looking at uh, aging infrastructure and the technology that was used there. in, in
0: the previous year. Nchedi Moribe is the Chief Director for Global Cooperation in the Department of Water and Sanitation. We're talking about South Africa's role this is on the global stage when it comes to the sector. One of the things that is often said uh, Ms Moribe is the fact that South Africa doesn't do enough when it comes to reclaimed or recycled water and that in fact our water is just you know one use purpose and then that's it it's done And yet we know that other countries that are facing perhaps um, worse challenges than we are are more creative in how they recycle that water. And oftentimes it might end up in the system five to six times um, before it is discarded.
1: Yes, uh, it's true, Katie. Last year we we, we visited uh, Netherlands with the... Acting Director General was born Changana. The, the sole issue that he was interested in was exactly what you are talking about. And the technologies that we had to go through and see were about five different ones. And when we went to the uh, stations or to the, uh, their own power stations where they do the recycling and the cleaning of the water. Case we could realise that there's a lot that you can benefit out of it. You would know that uh, obviously before you can take any decision, you will have to look into the budget and how we can go about it as a country. But definitely, we know as a country that that's another option that we can look into because we are saying that uh, just flushing a toilet takes a lot of water that could have been used uh, for better purposes for drinking and for whatever the purposes that we need water. And you will know that uh, we have what we call SWPN, Strategic Water Partnerships Network in South Africa, that's actually helping us Uh, currently. They are the bulk water users in South Africa. Your Coca-Cola, your mining industries, your what? they are coming in, chipping in now, working with the department to uh, help us actually look into that area. Because you would know that uh, Coca-Cola uses a lot of water. At the same time, they wash their trucks. They use the very clean water to do that. So those are the... uh, the companies, the, the bulk water users that we are looking at, so that. Miss Moripe, you do better.
0: Okay, all right. We seem to have just lost you a little bit on the line there, but not a problem. We'll continue. Let me go to the phone lines. Of course, if you want to be part of this conversation, the number to use zero double one seven one four two double zero six. That's zero double one seven one four two double zero six. You can also send your messages on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. And I know you guys always ask much better questions than I do. Colin in Cape Town, good morning.
2: Good morning, Kathy. Don't underestimate yourself. You asked very good questions.
0: <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for, for that, time. Colin.
2: Go because ahead. The one question that you asked now, I want to ask also. Um, good, uh, good morning to your guest. Um, I would like to know, you know uh, we are so short of water in this country.
0: Mm.
2: And uh, we always go to look at overseas and look at over elsewhere in the world, what they are doing and so and so. Mm. Now, We should be able to have our own expertise here. Why go to other countries? All we need is our councils to do their work and the government to fire those who don't do their work. Sewage plants and things like that for months and months and months are broken down. You see, the problem is the old days, they used to have the councils, municipalities. They had their own trained workers that used to run out and repair pipes and sewage things and all this and that and that and that. But now it's all been outsourced. Outsourced to companies who haven't got the expertise. The old days, I'm talking about the apartheid days. They used to have every municipality had their own engineers, they had their own repair people and everything, but they haven't got any more. It's all outsourced. That is why... We're getting sewage running into our our rivers, into our streets and things like that. That is water that we could use. I remember I used to drink from rivers, lay on my stomach, put my mouth on the ground and drink lovely ice cold water. Today we can't do it in our rivers. Our people need to be educated that water is precious. We as citizens must look after our rivers and when we see Broken pipes or burst pipe. Pick up the phone and just phone and phone and phone until they come out. I mean, that's that's my uh, uh, input for today. Yeah,
0: and and you know the the problem is, Colin. Sometimes you just you call and you call and you call and 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 nobody actually responds. You know, and and unless it's happening. Almost within your private space. If it's a if it's something that's broken along the street, you can't hire private people to come and fix that. You know. No,
2: it's, no. I tell you what, Kathy.
0: Mm. Um,
2: I'll give you an example. Three, four times, right outside my gate, a big sinkhole. It's been repaired four times. Mm. The guys come there, and they just dig the hole, throw some gravel, they don't jolt it, they don't wet it, and they come back to the next day and they thought, within a month or two it sinks again. Mm. Now they say, when I ask them, I say, but hang on, this is the third time in a year you come fix this. Mm. You see, those guys haven't got the expertise. The old council guys were trained how to repair and how to, they bring the machinery up, and the the municipalities giving jobs to buddies and things like that. Those people haven't got the hundred percent expertise,
0: then, Kelly. Oh, Next all right, placement. Colin. Okay, Colin. Thank you Thanks for that call, Miss um, m- Nchedi, I'll give you Miss. Uh, I'll give you an opportunity to respond in a second. I just want to take uh, Peter Wiley in the Eastern Cape. Peter, good morning.
2: Hello, Cassie. I haven't spoken for some time. Yes, it it has, has
0: been a minute. Yeah. Good to hear from you.
2: Well, it's a bit difficult to get through these days, but look, let me just echo exactly what Colin has said, and I'd like to take it a bit further, because uh, pollution of our rivers is one of the biggest problems, and it should be a criminal act, because you, you're you basically threatening people's lives big time. You're threatening our water resource with sewage spills and that sort of thing, and it should be a criminal act. There should be consequences to the authorities who do not maintain their sewage systems, et cetera, properly. And this has to be done because it is a critical thing in this country. We are involved here yeah, with water harvesting on my farm. I've, I've followed this Australian thing, which is not new. It's old. The, the book was written uh, in 1940-something. It was by P.A. Yeoman, and it's, uh, it's it's the key line plan where you look at the ground like one would look at a roof. And we, we have to really nurture the water that we've got and... Uh, even street water, I've got permission now from the council at Kenton to harvest water from the streets to put it underground and then organise an irrigation system. But we cannot sit with our hands folded and let councils get away with murder because that's what it is. People are going to die like flies in this country with the pollution of our rivers on the scale that it is. We've got a lot to be ashamed of and things are by no means ideal under the apartheid system because even before the apartheid system the Europeans that came to this country regarded this as a treeless country and they brought all sorts of horrible trees from Australia, etc., which suck up our water, and now we face the consequences of that. We've got to actually appreciate this country. The natural resources were absolutely fantastic. You could drink water, and we can drink the water that comes into our dams because there's nobody living above us. Once you have people, you've got problems. Unless you actually educate the people and give them uh, power over the authorities, the authorities should not get away with pollution of our rivers on the scale that it is happening at the moment. The Belmont Valley is absolutely horrific. And uh, it is not only pollution from the, the sewage, but it is pollution in plastic and everything else. We've got to really have uh, mm-hmm. environmental education. And I was thinking when I watched this fantastic program on the Nile River, it should be forced that pupils, and I call them pupils, the school pupils, not learners, they pupils. Mm-hmm. They should be forced to watch that and write an exam at different levels the next day and we should make force them to watch good programs they watch absolute junk on TV and the Nile River is absolutely amazing and black women should watch the amazing performance of that that black woman who, who, who uh, went in a thing that I would never go down the rapids that she went but that river was beautiful and the, the, the world the country is beautiful we are the problem. We need to mm-hmm. force the education upon people and we need to force the authorities to look after their, their job, which they paid to do. But thank you for letting me
0: say this, Captain. No problem, Peter, and I'm going to stay far away from the learner-pupil debate. <laughs> I'm not even going to go anywhere near it. <laughs> Uh, of course, Peter Wiley. They're taking chances with. We've had we've been down this, down this road before, as a whole nation, uh, with the Department of Education. But lest we derail, thanks for that call, Peter. Um, okay, uh, Miss Muripe, let me give you an opportunity to respond. Uh, we've got VJ on the line from Port Shepson, but maybe just your quick response before I go to VJ.
1: No, Katie, my response is actually very positive because I am happy to hear that uh, people out there knows exactly what is the first challenge that we have. I mean, the polluting of our rivers is one of the biggest issues. Uh, you are from Limpopo, I'm from Limpopo. There are rivers that we knew where we used to swim and all of it. Most of them today are dry, uh, unless it's a rainy days like this, but they are dry and no more there. And you ask yourself whether is the impact of... Uh, Climate change, or is the impact of our own doing? People just dump into our rivers, and you ask yourself, what is it that we expect in terms of uh, pollution of water? Because there are those that need this water just a few kilometers from where the dumping is done. So we we will be happy really to hear that our people can see that. And as a department, we had some two programs that we tried to initiate, and they were working very well. It's just that maybe due to the issues of budgets and what, we had the one that was called uh, Adopt a River. It was done by women only. Women would go to the rivers every day to make sure that they pick up stuff. It is not required. things that are dumped into our rivers, clean the rivers up. We saw the rivers coming up, uh, living again as the rivers that we knew. And we had Bartholomew, where we taught our own uh, young people to understand exactly what Peter was talking about, to make sure that we know that these are the precious uh, resources that need to be kept for future generations. And only if our young people could know and maybe talk to the elders who are doing the something currently that you are actually spoiling our features. We also take these young people to competitions at the multilateral platforms uh, to the Dutch compet. on new technologies that they create themselves on water. Some are rain harvesting technologies, some other technologies that I even saw for the first time, but they won out of maybe 20 to 15 countries that they were competing with, which tells us that actually the future is bright, but we are the ones who are contaminating uh, this bright future that we have, and our learners and our scholars out there really are very interested in the water issues. We find 20 20- 20 schools actually sure. uh, trying to come into that competition every year. And we would select one uh, based on the provincial uh, circulation that we do annually. So what well, I'm saying yeah. is that uh, your colors are really correct.
0: And and we certainly need more education, I think, in different communities. That's, that's the sentiment I'm getting. A lot of people sending messages on lessons on how to do water harvesting in their homes, especially rain harvesting uh, going forward. But thank you so much for your time on the show today. Nchedi Moribe is the Chief Director, Global Cooperation in the Department of Water and Sanitation. And this feature was brought to you by the Department of Water and Sanitation.